0: Welcome to the Code Life podcast with me, Carl Beach, and my great mate, Nathan Blackerby. Hello, mate. So, we're back and uh, together after a rogue episode. Really yeah, a little so, rogue uh, one. It's my fault.
1: I didn't get any flack on that, actually.
0: No, no, it missed me, mate. Mm. I was in Crete.
1: It looked like a nice time away, mate. It has to be great, said. Great,
0: mate. I kept taking photos of me feet <laughs> on the on sun lounger, my pterodactyl feet. But. Yeah. What I did discover was I can't I can't sit still.
1: Didn't you find out about the history of Crete?
0: Everything, while you were there <laughs> everything. What sort of trees they were, what the insects were in the just trees. Just reading about it. Just sitting and reading. Walking around, it. reading about everything and talking to people. It's Weird that. I can't sit still. can can't laugh at me.
1: Couldn't you just lay on a lilo on the pool, bob around?
0: No, I can't do it. I don't understand. I just it. feel like it's frivolous. No, it's not frivolous. When was the last
1: time you went away on holiday? You're talking years. Three and a half years.
0: Yeah. Mm. You had a week away. I'd sit down for 10 minutes and go and get a cold beer (laughs) and start reading up on the history of the Greek Air Force. (laughs) Give (laughs) me a cold mythos. Yeah. Mythos, large.
1: They make me very sleepy, the mythos.
0: I'm not sure I like it. I I tried, I got one, you can get them from Lidl. Mm. I tried when I got back. It's not the same without a view in the sun. No. i got this book. You got me. um, On John Wesley. Um, It's... The Heroes of the Cross series, number eight, um, and it's a very, very old book that was given to me. Oh, I just ripped a bit of it. it just <laughs> presented to Irene Moore in May nineteen sixty one, but Priestfield Methodist Church. I think I need a wow. And and someone gave it to me. Um, I've got to be honest. I can't remember who. It may have been passed anonymously.
1: So if you're watching or listening,
0: yeah, Apologies for that. Yeah. I, f- I do thanks. forget a lot of things thanks, thing. yeah. to Carl, thank you for all you are doing and have done for godly men keep your eyes on him matthew 28 18 to 20. hey mm. i thought interesting i thought yeah because actually i might lead a church a bit but i don't do a lot for godly men most of my time is spent with ungodly men <laughs> Matrix. sorry we had a little glitch in the
1: matrix there. Eh?
0: And um, anyway, it's quite a fascinating book. And um, I do want to just talk around a couple of bits. I mean, it's very, very old and very, very simply written. It's obviously written by a total fanboy. Um, Stanley Salton oh of
1: John like a fanboy yeah, yeah, John Wesley yeah total, total right, fanboy okay.
0: um, and, jo- and I'm not going to go into all of Wesley's life because literally you can go into Wikipedia and find out when he was born and when he died and yeah. but what he did do is found the Methodist movement there's some very fascinating things within that which I'm quite obsessed by at the moment mm. quite obsessed by early Salvation Army and early Methodism when they planted a church they used to put in like a school an orphanage medical stuff it was like massively holistic mission yeah, yeah. I, I loved it it wasn't just like a place to preach and get a guitar and over a projector it was yeah. like let's properly rescue people and um he was started off as an Anglican lay reader well <clears throat> oh, no Anglican minister but then he, he sort of founded the movement of Methodism got booted out they 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 stopped him from preaching in Anglican churches really <laughs> yeah so he thought well, I'll do my own thing sounds mm, familiar fair enough and um So he he founded the Methodist movement. I I went to the Methodist Museum recently. Is there one? Yeah, man. Where is it? In the Wesley Chapel, uh, next to his house, in the city, in London. There's a Methodist museum underground. That's cool. um, Guarded by quite an officious old man. Really? Yeah, he tried to stop me going in. I think I looked too heretical. Anyway, I did get in. And um, one of the first things I saw was the John Wesley physic. Hmm. He wrote. A, a book for the cure of all ailments known to man. <laughs> was he experienced in that film? No. Mm-hmm. But he was the bestseller in its day. <laughs> in fact, he he wrote uh, books that sold 20 million copies. 20 million copies. That's quite a lot then, is it? Yeah. And it, he made 30 grand. Wow. Which actually, because he was born in 1703. That's, that's a lot of money. a lot of red yeah. And he gave it all to the poor. Wow. And he averaged 500 sermons a year. Wow. Yeah. And uh, 5,000 miles on a horse. All original content as well. Yeah. And he rode 250,000 miles on a horse. Mate.
1: Mate, you thing is, just pause on that a minute. Like, that is a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. And it is easy to get into a bit of a mindset. I, I remember when I was leading the church, sometimes responding to emails was hard work. This bloke's 500 sermons.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and he he basically his study was his saddle. Yeah. It'd write him on the move, and he'd go somewhere and think this looks like a godless place for the ungodly people, and just preach the gospel. <laughs> Let me read this. Chapter ten, mm. marked with an X. He became an apostle on horseback. Mm. When John, John Wesley took to preaching in the open air, soon after his heart warming, so got filled with the Holy Spirit. He little thought that he was starting something which was to occupy him for a full 50 years, but so it was. John Wesley paid more turnpike tolls than any other man that rode the roads of England. He certainly was better known throughout the length and breadth of the land than anyone in his century, kings and queens included. I told you he was a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. How he gathered those huge crowds that hung breathless on his words and gathered them so quickly remains a mystery and especially so when we remember that those days when there was no telephone and telegraph, and indeed the penny post had not been invented. Mm. The amazing the amazing energy of this preaching friar of the 18th century is realised when we hear that he preached over 40,000 sermons. Wow. An average of, um, what did I say, 50, uh, 15 yeah. a week. Yeah. And that he covered at least a quarter of a million miles on foot, on horseback, or in the post chains, which later on in his life one of his friends had given him. He moved up and down and across England according to a fixed plan Somebody has said that he knew the roads rough and smooth from London to Newcastle and from London to Bristol, just like a city postman knows he's around. Wow. He lived like a soldier on active service, lightly equipped, ready to be in the saddle or on the march. At a moment's notice, he was fit, fearless and resolute. He preached in any building, large or small, that was available and where there was none to be had, he preached out of doors in any spot where folks could gather. He was always willing to preach to a congregation of one. If any other horseman overtook him, he, as he went ceaselessly, ceaselessly up and down those rough roads 200 years ago, he basically preached a gospel to any he met on the road. Mm. When he was riding alone, John Wesley rode with a slack rein so that he might read. That was how he kept up his wide studies and made his many sermons. <laughs> his suit and cloak might be threadbare, but they were always tidy and neat. Anybody could see at a glance that he was a gentleman, although he was in the open air so much he had a complexion that a schoolgirl might envy. <laughs> he wore his hair long and scorned the artificiality of a wig. People who knew him well have left it on record that he had dark blue eyes and as we should expect, a firm chin. <laughs> his spare frame had the strength of steel, and he could stand up to an amount of fatigue that would have killed most men. <laughs> he would walk his 30 miles a day or ride 80 if need be, and at the end of his journey be as fresh as when he started. <laughs> is this is this for real? <laughs> yes, yeah, for real, it's 11, back to the book. He recruited a company of rough riders. Here we this go. is me and you, mate. Yeah, here we go. I just wanted to start with the fanboy stuff. It's yeah, great, it? I like that. John Wesley had a very tidy mind. He loved things to be done decently and in order. Up to the time of the heartwarming, he was all for the services in the parish churches conducted according to the Anglican prayer book. And of course, it was unthinkable that anyone should preach who was not duly ordained as a clergyman. Mm. When there came to John Wesley that great vision of the world as his parish, he soon saw that to undertake and overtake the great task of carrying the good news of the gospel right through the land, he would have to enlist some irregular forces. As well as regular ones, oh, God, he's good at it. The irregulars, yeah, that's all we are. That's right. That's what I like to think. <laughs> so he began to appoint carefully selected men as lay preachers. Hmm. John Senec, the first of his splendid band, led a life as devoted as John Wesley himself. He burnt out at the age of thirty-seven, <laughs> 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 and lies in the Moravian burial ground at Chelsea. No, yeah, Thomas perfect. Maxwell filled whose name is second on the list, actually started to preach before John Wesley gave him permission. Wesley here in his journeyed in hot haste from Bristol to London to stop him, but found as his far-seeing mother told him that this young man clearly had a call from God to preach, every bit as much as John Wesley himself. One by one, others were added to this corps of rough riders and they proved exceedingly useful in many ways. They prepared the way for their great and tireless leader. They worked under him and with him and they carried on when he moved to another centre. They were poorly paid, poorly clad, Mm. poorly equipped, poorly housed but they had the courage of heroes mm. we enjoyed great poverty and great peace said one of them simply they covered vast distances mostly on horseback and sometimes on foot we can the more readily understand this when we hear that in 1746 John Wesley divided the whole of England into seven circuits Peter Jacko for instance was appointed to the Manchester Circuit, which took in Cheshire, Lancashire, Derbyshire and Staffordshire. Wow. That's the Manchester Circuit. Wow. And part of Yorkshire. Think of what that involved in a way of tireless travel over the roughest of 18th century roads. Many a day rode his Mm -hmm. horse 30 to 40 miles on the way and at the end was thankful to have a little clean clean straw as his bed. (laughs) These rough riders of John Wesley faced a bitterest persecution. Mayors and magistrates scolded them, sometimes imprisoned them as pestilent fellows, often rowdy mobs incited by people who ought to have known better interfered with their open-air services and pelted them in stones, rotten apples and turnips and filth of every kind. The cudgels of Satan, as one man quaintly put it. My head was broken with a blow, wrote Thomas Lee, but I never found my soul more happy. <laughs> it was this same indomitable soul who at the end of his day said triumphantly that if all the hardships of his life as one of John Wesley's travelling preachers were spread before, out before him, he would pray, Lord, if thou wilt give me strength, I will now begin again. Wow. No wonder these rough riders were invincible. Like John Mesley himself, they denounced in uncertain terms the evils of the day, smuggling, (laughs) drunkenness and worldliness. They stood alone in marketplaces and on village greens. They gave their message in just the same way as their great leader did and with the same results. Their wives were just as heroic, desperately poor, despised by neighbours, continually on the move. Left alone to manage their large families, these pioneer preacher's wives deserve a place of honour all on their own in the thoughts of Methodism these two centuries after. John Wesley, and this is interesting, Finish finish this bit. <coughs> John Wesley enlisted into his regiment of rough riders, bakers, stonemasons, miners, labourers, troops in the king's army, as well as a few, a few who had more education and a higher position in life. Mm. He had the rough guys. Mm. Passionate, take mm. a beating. Mm. These are the men who helped to establish the Methodism that we all so enjoy so happily and so comfortably today. We would do well to honour the fathers that begat us. To stand at the salute as John Wesley and his regiment of tireless horsemen go riding by. Surely, some who hear their story will want to catch their spirit and carry on their work, and so lay the foundations for bigger and better things still in the days
1: to come. Boom. Interesting, that mate. Yes, mate. What's it's, you make of that? It's interesting as uh, something, something pioneering, something visionary, something, something. That is, unafraid of the hardships, soon becomes comfortable. Soon becomes yeah. about a Sunday, a service. Is that why a becomes a
0: monument? Yeah. And then ultimately a mausoleum?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. That for some reason, rare. it seems to be rare people with a particular passion and move in their lives say, I'm up for this. I'm pioneering. I'll gather people around me and we'll do it. And then over time, that gets passed on and on and on, and
0: yeah, it becomes a... And, and something happens, but, but in the, there's something unique in here about Wesley, I mean, he was obviously, I think, it sounds a bit OCD, and mm. let me just quickly read this, if this is right. Because there's a, there's a background of discipline here. <coughs> John Wesley has seen in his own home at Epworth with its scanty resources, many claims, that it pays all the time to have order and method in the affairs of life. Mm is this highly, highly disciplined guy. He was fond of making rules for himself and for his own way of life and is extraordinarily good at keeping them. He was simply, in his habits, a small eater, vegetarian. In his study, not a book was out of place. No scrap of paper was ever loose on his desk. Mm. He planned out his journeys in the greatest care, had a daily timetable, which in this less strenuous age leaves us gasping. He, he conducted a personal sco- correspondence so wide and so regular that we wonder how he sustained it. He never used a typewriter. He wrote pamphlets, edited magazines, revised the whole library of worthwhile devotional books. This is all while he was on the road. Yeah. He balanced his accounts to a penny, never had a muddle within his various financial enterprises. He spent as little as possible on himself, so he might give as much as possible to others. Gain all you can, save all you can, give all you can, he said. He said, oh, I'm always in haste, but I'm never in a hurry. That's not, I'm not like that. Um, John Wesley, and this is interesting, right? Mm. John Resley, though thoroughly self-controlled and infinitely patient, didn't suffer fools. He could mm. tick off anyone who differed from him as neatly and as finely as any man who ever lived. Most of his followers and friends accepted all this readily enough, realising that John Resley was usually right, and that when they did not agree with him, they were usually wrong. There were some who kicked over the traces and parted com- company of Resley, but few of these thereby did much good for themselves or for other people. Mm. An autocrat, a benevolent autocrat, an autocrat for the glory of God. John Wesley, in the very exercise of power that came to him, exacted obedience from other people, just as he sought in the things great and small to render obedience to the great master he loved and served. Just mm. disciplined guy, and obviously quite ferocious. Yeah, yeah. He tell people off and call out, "See, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, plan stupid or that attitude you're expressing, poor." Yeah,
1: I like that. Yeah, but he. He, he seems to have been very structured focused yeah. strategy like yeah. his faith wasn't just bumbling along was it no, no. it was like this is what it. I want to achieve it reminds me of the talents you know when Jesus uh, that tells the story of the guys getting, being given these amounts of coins and yeah. one buries it one invests it
0: yeah so he was you so know he had this like pioneering thing where he'd go into an area break the ground yeah. full of spirit but it was organised like Nehemiah wasn't it and I like that. I like strategy, focus yeah. plans, you know, target end states. And some people have said to me before, Carl, you know, what about the Holy Spirit? I don't know the Holy Spirit can work through that. Mm. You know, you've got to be strategic if you're gonna charge a hill, I think. Um So I like I like the stuff. I I, I like the whole Wesley thing. Um, but what I particularly was gripped by me was these mm. rough riders. Mm. That's what we need. A band of unschooled, ordinary men who are just on it. Don't have to have Loads of degrees. No. Passionate about the Lord. Passionate about Christ. Passionate about salvation.
1: That's that's the thing. Bit and of gospel to, urgency.
0: Happy to give up your home if necessary. Yeah. Happy to give up your car. You know, live simply. So how do we how do we do that? How do we Modell encourage God? We just gotta keep modelling yeah, I me. Mean. Yeah. I think. You know. Um I mean you've done it, and you sold everything up, gone to Brazil, yeah. come back, started again, yeah, pioneered, you know, led a little church with no glory attached to yeah. it. You know, came and worked with me up in the north. Yeah. You know, and, and God shines a light, doesn't he? And, you know, and I, I just try and keep pioneering and doing new things. And Rough riders. Rough riders, mate. That's what we are. Rough riders. Got to keep on the move. Mm. That's what I think. But but prepare to count the cost. Mm.
1: That they, really comes across, doesn't it? They
0: were so gripped by the Lord, didn't they? They were so gripped by salvation. Do you think we're too comfortable as Christians in the West? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't know mate. i mean i think yes but I, for me personally um i mean I'm, i can be a hooligan me bit of a jackal lad sometimes a bit frustrating for people but this thing keeps bubbling up in me the urgency of the gospel mm. never goes away mm. ever
1: it's a very interesting phrase isn't it for what you do for godly men
0: yeah i don't i don't actually apart from lead a church mm. and trying to inspire godly men yeah to be i do do that but we're trying but my, to align focus, our
1: lives Mm. To the ungodly men, my target is. I'm
0: not. I'm not. I'm interested in discipleship insofar as mm. it will keep men on the straight and narrow. But I think the greatest tool for discipleship is to go into all the world and share Christ and get passionate about your mates going to hell. Mm. That that's the greatest form of that discipleship. That was the,
1: that was the spirit era, John Wesley, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. If
0: you really truly believe, I mean, I've had people debate with me over is hell eternal conscious torment. Is it an, uh, John Stott said Annihilation mm. I don't think that's script John right. I just think like whatever view you have mm. I mean if you really believe hell is eternal conscious time, fine I'm not going to I'm not going to get into that debate here but mm. why are you not shouting out your window yeah why are you not running down the streets warning everyone that they're going to be tortured for billions of years mm. yeah no matter what think,
1: your concept of yeah. hell that's the yeah, reality yeah
0: yeah whatever it is why are you why don't don't stand into don't debate with me over a pint Mm. what hell is get out there tell everyone in this pub right now Mm. and i think that that's what's gripped you that's what's gripped me that's why we're relentless yeah and so i think if you can get people passionate about their mates going to hell Mm. and that they've got a
1: part in reaching out to clean your life up count the
0: cost pour money into the kingdom
1: and how, how resourceful he was riding a horse. Loose, loose leash, so yeah, that you can slack, read slack and write rain. and prepare and. Oh, no, I it? so like getting it? you used to do that in Brazil. didn't I you? used
0: to, yeah, I used to ride a Did old. you have a slack rein? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There you go, mate. They hold, they hold both reins in one hand, and then whip around. Did up. you have a hat as well? Like I had a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a Gaucho hat, yeah. did do you have a cloak as
0: well? No, six, i didn't six you?
1: Six shooter. <laughs> I didn't use a cloak. I'd love that. Yeah, oh, no, I it? I'd go for a holster under under the arm. Quick draw under the arm. No,
0: I'd I'd be. I would diff- go hip. I I just noticed there's a sombrero in this office. I would I would um tg six I would actually if I was a let's say we were cowboys. Sorry, diverting a bit. Yeah, of we, we were both cowboys. I'd be the guy who didn't carry a gun, but I had a couple of swords strapped crossways on my back.
1: The big Bowie but, knife.
0: No, like a couple of like you know, what like a
1: samurai.
0: Yeah, I'll be a samurai cowboy. Is that a thing? Yeah, I just made up. I'm not bullets out of here. He'd be <laughs> he like, he don't need a gun. He don't need a gun. Look at him, a little knives. Because yeah. then, but you always die if you're that person in a in a spoof cowboy film. Yeah, you always get killed. But like unique. Yeah, I'd be a samurai cowboy.
1: Would you?
0: Yeah, like a kung fu ninja cowboy.
1: You wouldn't be the cowboy with the guns up the sleeves. You? you flip your hands forward and they. No,
0: that's up. like a gambler, isn't it? Like he's gambling. No one mm. thinks he's unarmed. <laughs> A bit of a hand solo type thing, isn't it? I've got a t shirt mm that says what would hand solo do. You know everyone's got the what would yeah, yeah, do places. Yeah. So I've got what would hand solo do. I like it. Do you know what the answer is? What? Shoot first. <laughs> he would, didn't he? Every time. My favourite Western? Um unforgiven. Yeah. I'll, I yeah. It can't be anything else. Yeah. What's a movie. We've got to watch that together next, yeah, time, a we a, next one. time we have a yeah, beach yeah. in black, isn't That'd it? That'd be a good
1: one. Unforgiven.
0: Mm. That's, That's a movie, mate? Anyway, um, don't forget the Autumn Conference. Yes, Autumn
1: Conference, 1st to the 3rd of November. Hotel, mm. Eastwood Hall. Yeah, hey, last year it was amazing.
0: Yeah, and a lot of blokes have said they, they're definitely coming, but a not lo- yet booked in. Yeah, it's getting a little
1: bit, a bit, a little bit, 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 bit stressful yes. for us, if we're honest. Because <laughs> we have to pay... The money, the money at certain but points.
0: I, but I've spoken to a couple of people who said, "Oh, we haven't, haven't done that yet." Yeah, but you, you know, so need I've
1: to book in if you're coming. Yeah.
0: Booking, it's going to be <laughs> good. Gathering, uh not quite yet sold out, but it's heading that way, isn't it? <laughs>
1: well, next year, ten years, it's a mm. big one. How TG many have got fourteen fifteen hundred? Yeah, f- uh, fourteen and a half. Mm, that's amazing. Thinking about a uh, limited edition hoodie for the tenth year anniversary. Yeah. That'd be sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's
0: a good idea. We need something like that. Mm. Or like tracksuit tops, I can add it as tracksuit Yeah. Hoodies are better, don't they? I don't know. And um And uh, the other thing um, we've got a little little special book coming out. We have yeah. We'll not talk about that yet. Oh we can do. We've rewritten the code.
1: We've sold fifty copies already just the last oh, two days.
0: Mate, the movement's gonna be minted. Yeah. No, it's not. it's all <laughs> money goes back into mission. But um yeah, new we, code we, book. It's not. we have not even publicised it yet. No, coming. It's, uh, it's, in it's now. on pre-release on Amazon, but we really want you to get it from the CVM shop. Yeah, because we got we got yeah, buy stock they? up. We're buying yeah, we stock have. up. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be big.
1: And next year, January twenty twenty, we are launching a load of exclusive code related stuff. Next year is a code year for us, and years yeah. after, code events across the UK that we're at. Loads of exclusive content. So you're for those of you listening, code. you think,
0: "What are they talking about? A code? Is it a barcode?" It, it's um, it's a movement, not just a book, and it's centered around twelve game-changing statements for men, yeah. that are biblically focused and center our on Christ yeah. and living it out. So um, it's a little book, leather bound, mm-hmm. faux leather, bit of fit in your back pocket, in your in suit bust. pocket, yeah. embossed. And There's no marketing in it. We haven't put our names on the front. There's no endorsements on the back. It's um, all focused on Christ. Symbol. Symbol just like us, Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Thanks for tuning in boys.